the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. I have breaking news. After a close examination of the video from yesterday's game, several more points were found for the New Orleans Saints overnight. And as it turns out, the Steelers lost. If that bothers you, you're going to just have to get over it. Meanwhile, here's the best summary yet of what happened in the election. It comes from author Andrew Clavin. Listen. Well, Republicans were hoping for a red tsunami. Unfortunately, red tsunami turned out to be an embarrassed Japanese girl saying, oh, Rook, lots of Republicans are rusing. We did, however, experience a red wave as we wave goodbye to red tsunami. In the wake of these absurd puns, election analysts and other people without any discernible skill set are trying to make sense of the midterm results so that Americans can find out what the people who are wrong about everything will be wrong about next. This is called expertise, and it's actually a great way to make a living while the country is going down the drain. One lesson we can take away is that even though Democrats destroy the economy, fill our city streets with homelessness and crime, and sell pornography and sexual deviance to little children before butchering their bodies on the basis of an insane gender theory with no basis in fact, Republicans can still find just the right candidates to lose to them as long as the Democrats carefully select candidates who hate America and have had a stroke. Exit polls show that the issues voters cared about most included what color sneakers they were wearing, and where they could score some of those powerful new strains of legalized marijuana so they could make themselves psychotic and everything would seem fine. Also, inflation was a big issue, because after shelling out for the dope nowadays, you have no money left to buy Oreos, which is a downer when you have the munchies and are psychotic. Legalized abortion was also important, because many voters seem to remember having sex with someone last night while they were stoned out of their minds, and if it now turns out they have a baby, they want to be able to kill it without violating their parole and getting sent back to prison. Among the biggest Democrat supporters were women who seem to be allowed to vote now for some reason. Also, young people lean Democrat because they've had the traumatic experience of not being aborted and want to make sure nothing like themselves ever happens again. The Democrats also seem to have had some success with their clever campaign strategy of turning everything to crap and then screaming about the weather because climate change was named as a big issue when exit pollsters polled people who were exiting reality. I think that sums it up pretty well. When we come back, we'll take another look at Project 21's a blueprint for a better deal. Better, uh, Yeah, better deal. We were talking about that all last week. That's a better deal for black America and what to do for black unemployment in this case and also help with black uh, entrepreneurship and all that stuff. In our second half hour, how toxic femininity stopped the red wave. Stick around. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment, is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join. 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. 
So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Attention, this is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-518-1985. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-518-1985 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-518-1985. What do you have to lose? Call 800-518-1985. Again, 800-518-1985. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the Democrats avoided the red wave last week, and the big guy's been uh, talking like he thinks he has a mandate now to give us more of what he and the uh, Democrats have been giving us the last two years. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been focusing on Black Leadership Network, uh, Project 21's Blueprint for a Better Deal for Black America. One of the eight areas addressed in this blueprint is employment and economic opportunity. Michael Austin is an economist. He uh, is with Project 21, and he joins us now. Michael, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, So um, as I said in my intro to you, I don't know if you heard what I was saying when leading into it, but uh, Joe Biden's been talking like he thinks he now has a mandate to give us uh, more of what he and the Democrats have given us. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, based on what you've seen, and you're an economist, uh, did black Americans' chances of getting a, a better deal get any better after what happened Tuesday? You know, John, despite no red wave, I think Tuesday night had plenty of silver linings, um, one of which uh, dealt with that elephant-sized hole progressives seems to have on Americans, particularly Americans of color. And I think conservatives are following Project 21's blueprint, and because of it, they are slowly but surely eating that elephant one bite at a time. What's the, what's the elephant? 
Well, the elephant is that so many, uh, let's say, black Americans seem to vote Democrat. But what we've seen in this last election, it's clear. Black, Hispanic, Asian, white voters, they're saying enough to progressive policies. So if you compare it to, let's say, the 2018 midterms, Hispanic and Asian support for conservatives jumped 10 and 17 points. And for black voters, it's up 4%. Now, yeah, it's not gangbusters, but it shows we're kind of in an uh, electoral version of uh, the tortoise and the hare. So I think think if progressives don't realize that their apparent policies are failing, they're going to lose more Americans. Yeah, but they uh, there have been elections in the past. I don't know if this one is the case, but if if the black vote had been, you know, maybe a 10 percent increase uh, for the Republicans, it would have made a difference in the election. And it just doesn't seem to get over the hump. You know, uh, it, I, I, I agree. I saw those numbers that that uh, there there was definitely some uh, movement, but what's it going to take to get the big push? Well, I think we're already seeing it, and you know, I of course can't predict when the big push is going right. to be, but at least we're moving in the right direction. And so, the nice thing about Project Twenty One's blueprint for a better deal for Black America is that it, it, it talks about policies that are designed not to help Black Americans, but all Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you notice how Glenn Youngkin and, and Virginia school board candidates, many others, are running on school choice. Yep. Well, that started because we listed that in the blueprint. That's our first priority. And then, as you know, conservatives by and large are talking about growing jobs and fighting inflation, our blueprint talks about work requirements for welfare and limiting uh, regulations so that black Americans can thrive. It's just good, common sense, bipartisan, and frankly, anti-woke policy. Yeah, I want to get to some of that stuff as we go along here. Um, but what's, what, what, what has happened to uh, black unemployment since Joe Biden took over uh, two and a half years ago? Or not well, even two years, President- two years ago. Yeah, well, remember President Trump uh, saw a record low in the in the history of it ever being recorded uh, for black unemployment rate, and unfortunately, under Joe Biden, it has gone in the wrong direction. It is almost double uh, that of what we see for white Americans. Now, that's not a quality as the progressives like to talk about, right? Right. Um, and so, uh, it really goes to show how these policies are really not only just leaving Americans in the middle of the road, but particularly black Americans. And it just shows how they're creating policies that it's not only allowing us to grow along with the rest of the country. So what what happened uh, in in such a short period of time to to number one uh, um, cause the unemployment number to go up, but also the gap? I think you point out uh, in the in the blueprint the gla- the gap between black and white um, unemployment has gotten larger since Biden took over. Well, we're seeing the growth of government. That's really what's making the difference here. You know, if African-Americans tend to not have, a, let's say, a secondary, a post-secondary degree, or they tend not to have a full-time job, it'll unfortunately make it really easy for government to increase welfare payments or stimulus checks um, that'll put more black Americans on government handouts and payrolls. And that is just in, in a disaster. Now, clearly, it's happening to everyone. Um, but if you're really not trying to raise the tide and, and improve that, the economic opportunities for all, you know, you're really going to see these types of disparities. And it's a shame that we're seeing it from a progressive party that tends to talk about equality so much, but never implement it in any type of action. I, I just wonder, and I don't know if there's a way to measure this, but, um, you, you know, you hear all the time about the Democrats have succeeded in getting blacks uh, to depend on them and therefore vote for them, you know, every, every election and uh, put them over the top many times. But is there any uh, proof that the black, uh, the, the members of the, of the black voting population uh, are translating welfare into votes? I, I guess what I'm asking is, do, do the people who are getting the welfare, which, is, which the Democrats are supposed to be depending on so much for their vote, do, they, do those, do those uh, welfare recipients actually vote? Um, that's a good question. And you know what I'll say is that it unfortunately transcends race. You know, when you have low-income persons and, and, and you decide to put them on the, the government handout list, welfare, right, uh, studies have shown that it does increase their chances of voting for Democrats. So, you know, while it may not necessarily or, let's say, substantially increase their likelihood of voting, if they do vote, they'll most likely vote for the hand that keeps feeding them. And that's, of course, taxpayer dollars that's being, you know, taken from Peter 
and given to that Paul. And that doesn't matter whether you're white, black, or anything. So it really goes to show how if you want to see true economic prosperity or if you want to uh, allow people to have more of an independent thought as to who they should vote for at the ballot box, you have to get government out of the way. You have to turn off the spigot. So government has made unemployment worse for blacks. Uh, yes, government has made unemployment worse for everybody. It's a, it's a policy that has just made it increasingly easy to spend money without having to save and increasingly easy to stay home without having to work. It's a recipe for disaster for all involved, but most particularly for African Americans. And um, how, much of it, how much of the problem is educating not just black Americans, but everybody uh, doing a better job of 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 uh, showing people the connection between the two that that, that, um, you, that more government is not a better life for black people or anybody else. You know, it's it, it's twofold. Um, when you talk about education, you know, you think of your schools, but if you're not careful, schools are unfortunately a breeding ground for indoctrination. So that's why when you look at our Project 21 blueprint, one thing that we talk about is promoting educational choice, school freedom, right? Taking the property taxes we pay and, and using that to pay for any type of school that you want to go to, private, charter, public, it, it doesn't even matter. And by doing that, you can hopefully start to work on that indoctrination indoctrination process that's on all of our children, um, you know, the belief that government is supposed to be your savior. Government has a role, but you're supposed to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You're supposed to make those choices, and you're supposed to live with the consequences of those choices. And that's the best way that we have to leaving a, living a good life with prosperity. We're talking to Michael Austin. He's an economist uh, with Project 21 uh, and the, uh, the Black Leadership Network, Project 21's Blueprint for a Better Deal for Black America. We've been taking a look at uh, all of the uh, of the uh, points that you make in the in the blueprint. I think there are eight areas that you addressed, and one of, uh, as I said, uh, is employment and economic opportunity. Um, but the, it all seems to come back for me, um, and not just again, not just a, a solution for black people, but for everybody, with all the stuff that's going on in the schools. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're, you're you've reached the point where you're willing to say that one thing is more important than the other in this in this blueprint but it seems to me that everything comes back to school choice for, for everything you mentioned you're if, if 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 these kids weren't stuck in urban schools that stink and they they graduate and they can't read beyond the fifth grade level how does anything else matter if that's happening yeah, you know, that's most certainly true. But I bet we could even go, you know, back to the source, right? Which is strong and independent families. Um, if you had, um, you know, a, a faith-based family, a traditional family, nuclear family, you know, um, and you gave them the resources and the tools for them to be successful, that would naturally include school choice. But you know what? It would encompass such a great many other things. Um, because, you know, research has shown that, you know, if you come from a, a two-parent household, you know, the likelihood of you being successful in life, staying out of poverty, you know, drastically increases. The likelihood of you getting married, having children after you get married, getting a full-time job, deciding to find a trade or a, a, a college degree, those all drastically increase when you improve, you know, improve what's going on in the home. And of course, government can't necessarily legislate that, but it does go to show that by creating a culture where you promote families um, and give people the tools and resources to get ahead, you don't have to have government create any type of program. It'll work itself out. Is the evil so profound that the Democrats know this and don't want to see um, the nuclear family? I know Black Lives Matter doesn't want it, but I'm just talking about Democrats in general, the people in power. Um, do you? And I guess this would just be your opinion because I don't. Again, it's not something you can quantify. I don't think, but. Um, are they that evil that they they realize that promoting um, broken families and doing whatever they can to keep the, uh, especially when it comes to blacks, keep uh, keep them from having intact families is good for them? Is it that, are they that evil? 
Now, I'm a Christian, so I always try to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. But I will say that it's probably a symptom of that um, old adage, uh, good intentions lead to Mm, a not very good place, right? Um, Where uh, while I'm sure people have the the best of intentions to help individuals, you know, economics says that when you use government to create these types of incentives, people respond. And then they're going to respond in ways that you never expected. So if you, you know, let's say uh, increase welfare without requiring work, thinking, well, at least I'm helping folks, guess what? You've now discouraged people from finding a job. Mm -hmm. And that has so many negative effects and just ripples throughout the economy. So I don't know where their head is necessarily at, but I think one thing that is important to note is that these types of actions and incentives, they have consequences. And if you at least let the people who make the choice deal with the consequences themselves, you will eliminate 99% of the problem. Well, didn't Bill Clinton uh, come around to that almost 30 years ago? Um, the idea of uh, uh, work uh, requirements for welfare, and then um, was it this group, uh, the, the Biden group, that um, uh, eliminated that? Or was it Obama that... I- yeah, I mean, it just goes to show how, you know, just two, three decades ago, the Democrats um, had, you know, sensible, reasonable policies. Um, uh, Bill Clinton, I believe, did uh, place uh, work requirements on welfare, and both Obama and Joe Biden have taken efforts to eliminate that. Uh, Joe Biden most recently using the, the COVID pandemic as a reason to, uh, to waive those work requirements. And we're seeing it today. It's one reason why, you know, even though the unemployment rate is so low, it seems like there's so many job openings everywhere, and yet no one really does seem to be working. And that's because so many people have left the labor force because government is sending out so much cash, so much uh, checks. People feel like it's financially possible for them to stay home without working, but that has led to massive inflation and uh, a slower economy. We're talking to economist uh, Michael Austin. He's with Project 21. We're talking about uh, the blueprint for a better deal for black America. Um, so one of the solutions listed in the blueprint, uh, Michael, is abolishing the Davis-Bacon Act. What would that do? Uh, the Davis-Bacon Act is an act regarding prevailing wages, um, uh, particularly for unions. And what it basically says is that it's, a, it's the government saying, you know, the, the wage that you receive um, is way too low. You should be able to, or excuse me, a union should be able to, on your behalf, uh, push that wage higher. And while that sounds like a good idea, just like what we talked about earlier, it unfortunately creates a, a negative consequence. You know, your wage should be decided between you and your employer, right? It's what you uh, think that you're worth, but what's what your employer thinks that you can provide to the company. And through that negotiation, you develop a wage. When you put government or even a union in between that, uh, someone's going to get the short end of the stick here. And nine times out of 10, it's the business. And when the business gets the short end of the stick, people get fired. So what's the point of pushing this minimum wage or this Davis-Bacon Act when the real minimum wage is zero because you don't have a job? It's another example of how it ultimately hurts black teens and black Americans. And why is unemployment for black teenagers higher than any other group? Uh, it's in part because the minimum wage is so high. When the minimum wage is high, you're, you're giving an incentive for employers to discriminate. Now, maybe they want to discriminate uh, based off of uh, your hair color or whether they have a tattoo, or maybe they think that you come from a bad neighborhood, and so they decide not to give you a job, and they give that high wage to someone else. If you had a lower unemployment rate, then you know uh, someone who doesn't have the skills can easily say, you know what, I'll take that job for $3, just pick a number, and it could be really enticing for an employer to say yes. And by having that job, that person gains skills, abilities, knowledge, and can become a productive member of society. But that can't happen if the wage is forced so high. Yeah, there are people out there wanting the $15 minimum wage, which is $30,000 a year for 40 hours, um, uh, to flip hamburgers. This, somebody's not going to pay that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So all in all, it just goes to show when government decides to get itself involved, despite its intentions, it creates all these negative consequences, Well, unfortunately has led to a worsening of uh, black American prosperity. Hey, I'm, I'm out of time, uh, Michael. I really appreciate you coming on to uh, clear this up. And uh, it's the blueprint for a better life, a better deal, I should say, for black America, Project 21. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 
Thank you very much. Have a great night. You too. Michael Austin. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. In his first meeting with Xi Jinping in Indonesia, President Biden objected to China's coercive and increasingly aggressive actions toward Taiwan. The president says Democrats are going to fall short in their bid to codify abortion rights into law. Before the midterms, the president said if Democrats picked up seats, the first piece of legislation that he would send to Congress would be to enact a nationwide right to abortion. Democrats performed better than expected, but the president said they still lack the power. I don't think there's enough votes to codify unless something happens unusual in the House. Although ballots are still being counted, Republicans are on track to take control of the House by a narrow margin, putting them in position to block any abortion legislation. Greg Clugston, Washington. And the Dow is now up 92 points, but the Nasdaq is down 19. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We we are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817 912 Dennis Prager takes note of election 2022. It's a sobering day. There is a block of Americans about whom the following can be said. There is no level of damage the left can do to this country that would compel them to vote against the Democrats. That's the bottom line from the election of 2022. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Supply chains are loosening and inventory is arriving at Pitt Cycles, and now's a great time to celebrate with the purchase of a brand new ride. This is John Sagerwald. Pitt Cycles showrooms are bursting with selection. Over 228 models from Indian, Triumph, BMW, Royal Enfield, KTM, and now to the end of the year, get a stylish Noru Marucci leather riding jacket free with your purchase of a new street bike in Warrendale, next to Jurgles at PittCycles.com. Pitt Cycles! felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Parkway East has some delays inbound 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, around a five-minute delay from Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, not too bad right now. On the westbound turnpike, there's an accident. It's off to the side between the Irwin exit and the Pittsburgh-Monroeville exit. Heavy Parkway North inbound, Fort Duquesne Bridge down to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 28. Tomorrow, a thick cloud cover. Chilly with periods of rain in the afternoon. Tomorrow's high, 41. Tomorrow night will be cloudy with a bit of snow and rain at times in the evening, followed by a snow shower late, the low 35. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a couple of snow showers. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 39. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, based on exit polling, uh, it looks like young people from 18 to 29 and single women were responsible for preventing the red wave, especially single women. Uh, the number I saw today, 68% of them voted for the Democrats. 68% of single women Voted Democrat. 56% of married women voted for Republicans. So what's going on? Uh, Claire Ath is a county commissioner in Jefferson County, West Virginia. She wrote about this for the Daily Caller over the weekend. She joins us now. Claire, thanks for being here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. So you say uh, toxic femininity is the problem. Um, Just so you know, uh, there, uh, there was a time I was suggesting that this program should be called toxic masculinity but i couldn't get it past the boss but um <laughs> but what what is toxic femininity well i was trying to think of a, a word to put on it because i experienced it firsthand in my own race for county commission i think that the results of the midterms they need to be a wake up to republicans because feminism it started out as something that you know women didn't have the option to work outside the home But now the pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction, and we're attacking women who choose to stay home. So in in my own race, um, I was attacked for, I had been called a a stay-at-home mom who bakes cookies, a Stepford candidate, um, all these things, because I'm a mom, I'm unqualified to be a county commissioner. Now, who was calling you this stuff? Who who were the people that were referring Uh, to you as... as Local... Local leaders in the in the Democratic Party here in Jefferson County, and publicly they were saying this uh, on Facebook, um, in newspapers, just anywhere you could think. So you were being trashed for being a mother. Yes. <laughs> and and um, when when you, when you got into the i when you when you came up with the idea or decided that you wanted to run for county commissioner. Um, was this something that you knew it was going to happen? Was this one of the reasons that you ran because you thought that what uh, a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home moms needed to be represented? To be honest, I I knew that there would be that it wouldn't be easy. I knew there would be criticism and there would be attacks. You know, that's just how politics is. But I never expected the level of viciousness, because in my mind, you have a county commission, it's local politics, Mm -hmm. there should be people who represent the community. Um, There's a lot of young families in Jefferson County, we're about an hour and a half outside DC. It's a very expensive place to live. So a lot of people come to West Virginia. Um, And I thought there's no one better to to represent all these young families than someone who's living it. Um, So that that was why I wanted to run. Um, and it's just very unfortunate the, the attacks that kind of took place. So marriage is outdated and sexist now, and that's, that's where we are? Uh, unfortunately, I, I think that is where we are. Um, I know when you, when you mentioned the, the exit polling, mm-hmm. young people, I think it boils down to the culture. They've been told over and over that you need to have a career, you need to... to get rid of these these old-fashioned, outdated beliefs. And by no means, and I, I want to make it clear, by no means do I want to demean women who want to have a career. Right. Um, I mean, I'm a county commissioner. But I think that things have just gone too far. To Now women, they don't have the option to stay home financially. Um, if they feel pressures that they need to work outside the home. Because being a, a young woman, so many times I can tell you, John, I'm in social circles. And um, before I was county commissioner, I'd say, oh, what do you do? And it's you kind of freeze You're up. You're supposed to have an answer, yeah. Besides, you can't say I'm a mother. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and if you say that, then it's like, oh, well, that's nice or, or good for you. Um, and it just, 
you feel uncomfortable, and I don't think it should be that way. Well, it used to be a long, long time ago when soap operas were on TV. That's what uh, that's women would used to say. What do you think I'm doing? Sitting at home watching soap operas all day, eating bonbons. <laughs> Well, you know, they aren't soap operas, but I guess, I guess you're being accused of whatever whatever the uh, equivalent to a soap opera is. That's what they think you're doing if you're a mother staying at home, sitting around watching TV, I guess. Yeah, and that's why I ran for county commission, and I just think it, it's really important for moms to kind of say no to that narrative, that you know what, uh, being a mom, it, it is a real career, it's a vocation, and you shouldn't be ashamed to do it. If you're a little girl in school and the teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? There should be nothing wrong with saying, I want to be a mom. And how can the Republican Party um, really promote that? And how can we move towards a more pro-family agenda? I know we, we've seen in the schools, we're starting to take that direction and really address the wokeness and the curriculum. Um, but I think there, there's so much more we can do at, in the Republican Party um, to be the party of families and be the party of women. Because I think there has to be some women that, that will kind of wake up to the hypocrisy of the left. That, you know, you, you can't say you're for women, feminism's for women, but you only support one kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that there's a lot of work to be done, and, and we need to, to start attacking that and, and get to work. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing. It's, you can't really legislate that, can you? I mean, no. other, other, than, <laughs> other than school choice, which, I, which we seem to keep getting uh, back to here on this show, I just think so much of it is uh, happening in the public schools. Um, you know, if you, if you – and I know West Virginia has a new program now where you do have school choice um, mm-hmm. that, you know, you can have a private school and you can you – can, uh, the parents can get together and say, listen, this is what we want to teach, not just girls, but everybody. This is what we want to teach, uh, and you have a little bit more control over it. But I don't see how else you can fix it. Well, that's one of the things I, I think is great about the Republican Party getting behind is, is school choice. If you really want to support women, let them educate their children how they see fit. And West Virginia was tied up for a little, but... Now we've got the green light from the Supreme Court, um, and we have something called the Hope Scholarship. So mm-hmm. every single family, regardless of background, income, anything, you're going to get around, I think it's $4,800 per student, um, and you can send your child to wherever you'd like. You can homeschool, charter school, public school, um, but the left, they, they don't want that, and you see the same thing anytime child care subsidies are discussed. They want nothing to do with faith-based care or family-based care. They just want government schools. They want government child care centers. Um, so for a party that says they're all about choices for women, you kind of see the exact opposite in practice. Well, I'm a baby boomer, Claire, so I've been around a while, and I um, uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot here uh, seems to come up a lot, especially when we have a subject like this, is the one my one-car garage theory. Um, if you go back to the neighborhood that I grew up in, it was uh, one of the first um, suburban neighborhoods built by Ryan Holmes. I'm sure you're familiar with Ryan Holmes. They're everywhere. And I, if, if, I have a Dan Ryan home. What's that? <laughs> I have a Dan Ryan home. I oh, okay, the, yeah, the okay. Brother. I think they're related, but <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, if you would go down, if you would go to my old neighborhood where I grew up, um, I would guess that ninety percent of the the houses there have a one car garage. Mm-hmm. So w- when you talk about how um, women, the, uh, when you say that the economics dictate that a woman everything costs so much more that women can't afford to stay home the one thing that i uh that that, that seems to um jump out at me from from my experience as a kid is that everybody only had one car so if you if you don't need two cars then that reduces your need to work if you don't have three kids each of whom has a cell phone if you don't want to if you if you're willing to live in neighborhood B instead of neighborhood A, uh, uh, then you can do that. But if you want to live in neighborhood A, the mother has to go get a job, and people today are choosing neighborhood A. Uh, no, and I, and, and I, I think it's a lot of it is voluntary is what I'm saying. 
No, I, I completely agree, John. I think that people are no longer prioritizing family or marriage. So when I, I look at myself in my own life, you're, what you're explaining is exactly right. You know, I knew that I, I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family. Um, and my husband and I, we bought a house. We were very lucky 2019 before Biden and oh, yeah. crazy inflation. Oh. Um, but we, for a year, we had our regular jobs, and then I started a dog boarding business, yeah. and I would have five or six dogs every week, um, and that's how we got the down payment for our house. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people aren't willing to take that extra step um, and prioritize the things that need to be done in, in order to buy a house or, or in order to, to make that next step in life. You'd rather go out to the bar on the weekend um, then take on a little extra responsibility. Yeah, and I, I had friends who, um, every one of my friends, their, their mother was home during the day, every single one, except one, every single one. Uh, and I had a lot of friends. I was, a, again, a baby boomer, million kids in the neighborhood. Uh, I only knew one set of brothers whose mother was not at home. And um, that was a nice neighborhood, but all of those people could have moved up to a little bit better neighborhood if the mother would have said, you know what, I'm going to take the kids to daycare and I'm going to get a job and we're going to go buy a nice big house. And people just didn't do that. That, that just yeah. wasn't, wasn't because necessarily because the mother couldn't find a job. It's because they didn't want one. Yeah. Until yeah. the kids were grown. No, it, it, it's, it's just definitely unfortunate, the, the things that we're seeing and our red, we had a red wave in West Virginia, but unfortunately, that wasn't replicated throughout the rest of the country. So yeah, what what uh, what was your red wave down there? Everybody uh, had all the Republicans cleaned up. Yes, and so my specific county, um, we were always a little purple, but it is now official that every down the ballot office is Republican. Um, races were won by like plus ten, plus eighteen. Um, so it's the, the tides have definitely shifted in West Virginia. We're talking to Claire Ath. She's a county commissioner in Jefferson County in West Virginia. So you're in eastern West Virginia, east, southeastern, yeah. I guess. No. It's the eastern panhandle. Yeah. See, I'm up here. I'm only, I live about, I, I live in Washington County, so I'm pretty close to West Virginia. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah right down the road. Far. Yeah. Um, so uh, who are your opponents? Uh, uh, a couple old white guys? who, <laughs> who uh, Yeah, so it, I actually had two opponents. Um, they, were, they were pretty set to uh, take me down. Um, I had just a Democrat opponent um, who had held the seat back in, like, 2012. Um, he had been a county commissioner, I think, 14 years. He was a state delegate for 16 years. He's in his mid-70s. Um, so he was the Democrat. And then also the individual I beat in the Republican primary, um, he decided that he really didn't want me to win. So he ran third party to try to split Republican votes and have the Democrat win. And he was another 70 something old white man. <laughs> well, those evil old white guys, you know, I, know, they're, they're but like I still won by 10 points. So well, their plan didn't work. And um, and how long is your term? Six years. And you and when did you win? When was the election? Uh, just this past week on Tuesday. Oh, you just won. Oh, you you yeah. just became county commissioner. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. I I thought so I thought I, you'd been in there I for actually, a while. I've been in for about a year and a half. I was appointed um, mm-hmm. when the commissioner he had gotten a job. I think South Dakota or something. So I was appointed by the the local GOP, and I've held the seat um, since May of 2021. Um, so, and how did you get they, them to appoint a, a stay-at-home mom? To- <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, a, a lot of Republicans are very excited to see young, fresh faces in the party. Um, I know when I, I wanted to make some friends and I started attending meetings um, and I, I volunteered on some local campaigns first. And when the position opened up and I had applied, um, everyone was, was very excited to support me for that. And so what are you expecting? What kind of um, opposition are you expecting uh, now that you're in there? Um, I, I think the Democrats are a bit defeated right now. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what, what our, our next big battle will be. 
Um, but it, it, it's definitely an exciting time to be in Jefferson County. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this today. Uh, after I had seen your piece uh, and we're talking to Claire Ath, you can, you can find her piece at The Daily Caller. Uh, I saw it and I thought it was great. That's why I called you to be on the show. Uh, I saw today that at the Federalist, uh, Joy Pullman, uh, you might want to check it out, uh, Claire. It's uh, at thefederalist.com. The headline is How to Eliminate Democrats' Massive Single Women Electoral Advantage. So this is what we've just been talking about, and the numbers are all here. Uh, but in this in this piece, um, it says here, given that historically unprecedented percentages of young Americans are likely to remain single for their entire lives, more than one-third are now saying they want to remain single. Uh, uh, and it's... I, that again, that goes back. It's a cultural thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, and she calls it the bureaucratization of work. In other words, there's too much work out there that doesn't require a lot of work, and it just <laughs> and 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 you know, men used to have to go off to work and carry their lunch pail and dig ditches and do that. And there aren't those kind of jobs aren't out there anymore. It's it's information jobs, things like that. And maybe more conducive to women who don't have to do hard physical labor. Do you make any? You, you buy that at all? I mean, I I can definitely see there's some merit to it. I I think that the work landscape has dramatically shifted. Um, I'm trying to trying to look up her piece now, but I I think that when you look at when you look at what's happened, I almost feel like they've they've taken work. And it's a replacement for family. So you you don't have the desire um, to get a husband or to have kids because work fulfills all of that. Um, And, you know, for some people it may, but I I also do worry the the long-term consequences of that is when you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, things may seem great. Um, But then what happens when you don't have a family, when when you're older and you kind of need that support? Yeah, and the other thing that Joy Pullman points out is that women um, are the, uh, mainly the people who, respond, who uh, populate the government jobs. So the government is, is kind of contributing to it by that's where women go to work. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I, you definitely can see that when you go down to the DMV and, and any of those kinds of jobs. Social well. work, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and... and um, so I, I guess uh, as a county commissioner now, what can you do? What, what do you plan to do? You're, you're in office now. What can you do, at least in your little world down there in Jefferson County, to start off? What can you do to help uh, change it? I think at least in, in Jefferson County, um, really to focus on, on the local level of expanding things to do for families um, in terms of our, our park system. I know we're looking at putting in a year-round community swimming complex and, and just different things to, to draw families to our area. Um, and because a big thing I hear is in our area, people will say, you know, what do we do with our kids? That you don't want to have more kids there because there's no activities for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, like, community groups and, and mom groups. Cause I even think when I was growing up, my mom, there would be like walking clubs of moms and that isn't so much there anymore. So I, I think there's a role as County commissioner, but then also just a role as a community leader um, to kind of get these, these groups going and, and just support families and, and women in the area. Well, I want to tell you a clear amount of time, but I owned a dog business at one time. Uh, uh, oh, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah, dog walking, dog boarding, and all that. And um, I sold it. But but uh, if you if you're in the dog business, you can't be all bad, is the way I look at it. If you like dogs, <laughs> if you're willing to have six dogs in your house, then you're okay with me. <laughs> so, hey, I'm always willing to do whatever it takes. But thank you so much for having me on. Hey, I appreciate you uh, coming on, and uh, I hope we talk again. And good luck with the new job. I'm sorry, I I didn't know you had just taken over last or just one last week. But congratulations on that. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll Bye-bye. talk to you again. Thanks, Claire. 
diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Attention! If you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance. And you better watch out, because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 865-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Yeah, I was never uh, a stay-at-home mom, so I can't really speak to that uh, from a personal experience. But I, I had a stay-at-home mom, so I, I know what they're like. Um, and uh, I'm really impressed by Claire Ath. Her, the piece that she wrote at... Um, at uh, Daily Caller really caught my eye, and that's why I called her to be on the show. Um, but um, it's, uh, I just don't know how it can be fixed, uh, not in, in the short term. Uh, I think that it's, women have um, been brought up, your girls have been brought up to think that they're not successful unless, as Claire said, when they're asked what they do, they can't say, oh, I have three kids and I stay at home with my kids. They, they're looked at like, well, well, yeah, well, what else do you do? I mean, What's your like job? You know, what do you do for a job? That is a job, pretty pretty important one. So um, until that's fixed, uh, there's going to be a big problem. And I, I, with all due respect to Claire, I don't, uh, I just don't see it being fixed anytime soon. It's uh, there's still women out there who, and guys too, but but people who grow up thinking that the uh, having a career and working is exciting. I was lucky. I had a job where I. I literally, for the first 20 years anyway, I never didn't want to go to work. I had a pretty good job covering sports, but there are a lot of bad jobs out there and a lot of women going into town and sitting in cubicles all day for eight hours. I don't know. I just think my mother had a better life than that. Maybe that's just me. But uh, that's it for today, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.